This episode will be completely taken out of context. Welcome to the Fact Check This Podcast. Fact Check This Podcast, episode 40, and I've got Giles Miller back on with me, as promised, for about a week and a half. I finally stopped being a total screw-up and got this put together. So, to... Uh, me too. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're both about equally culpable in that. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm going to throw out a disclaimer at the front end of this. None of this is necessarily hard uh beliefs that i have it's a lot of stuff that i have uh theorized and kind of uh put together ideas and tonight giles and i are not going to talk about politics at all we are going to stick with um religion and theology and that sort of stuff and i'm going to bounce some crazy off the wall ideas off of him and see where we go with it so guys you ready to rock and roll with this i am i think i'm ready um (laughs) We'll, we'll see how we'll see how crazy it gets. I already have some pretty crazy ideas myself. So uh. yeah, so on the last episode, we ended up talking for another hour and a half or so after the episode about some of that. So kind of kind of explain some of your biblical uh, studies background and sort of some of your ideas on things, and then we'll kind of roll from there. Sure, sure. Well, um, I'm excited to upset everybody. And, and have everybody think that I'm out of my mind just immediately. Um, so yeah, my, my, my background, if you will, uh, my dad was, uh, I don't know, I, I'd say a student in general. He studied uh, not in any sort of professional setting, but basically his entire life. And one of the, oh, the three things that he went through were martial arts, uh, English, because he was a writer, and the Bible. And basically he just mastered those three things, got multiple black belts, published several stuff, and then just did lots of study. And then of course me being, uh, you know, growing up with it, I had to rebel <laughs> as, as most people do that get raised with anything, rebel against whatever their parents are into. And when I got older, I, I was sort of believed it. I just didn't want, it just wasn't something active that I wanted to be a part of. Um, and, uh, Anyway, around the age of 22 or so, so, geez, seven years ago, sounds like a long time, but it, it, it's um, been pretty, been pretty quick. I, anyway, I decided to get into it myself to see like, okay, let me, let me go through the data, see how I feel about everything, see if it makes sense. And I'll sort of go from there. And so that's exactly what I started to do. And um, I don't really have any sort of uh, like a bias. I don't, I don't particularly care to hold any idea. I'm just interested in getting as close to truth and as close to like a moral, ethical sort of lifestyle as possible. Probably one of the things that led me over to, you know, libertarianism in the first place was just, it's just such a, you know, I didn't, I didn't care about the law or the state, you know, I cared about truth and justice and you know what I mean honesty and not stealing from people and you know things like that so those same sort of things are what pushed me to want to learn myself and uh so yeah I don't have any particular bent I don't care to hold an idea that that uh that doesn't hold any water um which is from the bible that phrase um and uh so yeah so it led me to a lot of really unique beliefs um 
which I, I suppose I could label out some of the main ones, um, like the Trinity. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of the Trinity, um, but it's basically that God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are three different things, yet are the same thing simultaneously. And I um, don't believe that. And I don't think that it's scripturally supported at all. I think actually it says the opposite pretty, um, you know, kind of over and over again and, and, and no amb ambiguous language very directly. So that's probably one of the biggest ones. Um, and I, I mean, I, I, I'll break down a few more, but just to sort of sum it up, the, the similarities between me and like modern Christianity are so far apart. Um, the only thing we have in common are the names of the, of the people in the book, but basically nothing else, not who they were or even really what they did or what they believed or what their general message was. We don't, I, I, I don't have anything in common, which is, which is weird. Um, but, but I, all I care about is what the, what does the Bible say? And, and I think that when you have to leave the Bible to explain what's in the Bible, that's when you should know that you're in some weird territory. Um, so hell, I don't believe in hell. I don't think it's uh, scripturally supported at all. And the, and, and the overall theme of the Bible, right? God's staggering love for his creation, the idea of an eternal place of fire and torture for, for, you know, for somebody that steals a candy bar or something, you know, it just isn't compatible. It's just not compatible. If that were the, the God of the Bible, then, then just the entire thing would have to be written differently. So no hell. No, no, Jesus is God. Um, I don't believe in getting water baptized. I don't think that's scripturally supported either. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 there's probably a ton more. Jesus, of course, wasn't born on December 25th. He wasn't killed on uh, Friday, and he wasn't resurrected on Sunday. Um, I could keep going if you'd like me to. <laughs> oh, I know. We, uh that was I, I should have just hit record and let it play the last time when we had the full conversation because it was <laughs> excellent content like i loved every second of it uh so but we are going to start with some of my uh theorizing and okay. and like i said these are not uh actually strongly held beliefs or anything they're just ideas ideas that i like kicking yeah. around and uh exploring a little bit on so you did bring up hell and obviously you know as uh as a species as we've learned and grown and evolved uh we figured out that you know what's lies within the clouds is not some uh mystical thing it's you know clouds uh so yeah so heaven is not this thing floating in the clouds above us and likewise, we have a pretty good idea of what lies at the core of the earth. And while it is definitely you know, uh, hot. Pretty hot, it's not hell. It's uh, just the juicy core of a planet. Uh, so there's not this realm below us and there's not this realm above us, which brings me to something that I like to delve into and think about is the possibility of multiple universes and multiple dimensions within our own uh, reality effectively. So it's my kind of theorization that 
heaven is another universe. It's a it's an alternate dimension. And the same for hell. Hell is an alternate dimension. It's not, you know, they're not connected to our world. They sure. exist in other places. So, you know, it's uh and then with that, if you start to look at some of the things, have you ever heard of the book? Uh, oh, shoot. It's called The Unseen Realm. It's by a guy, Michael so. Heiser. Okay, so in The Unseen Realm, and I haven't read the entire thing, which is to my fault. I, I got started on it, and I've, I've uh, gone through different parts of it, but I haven't read the whole thing all the way through. But something that he explores in the unseen realm is that there are other gods it's like there is the one god but he exists with other lesser gods effectively and they all acknowledge him as the one god and so you know that that takes me to like who's to say that the the gods of Norse and Greek and Roman mythology, which Greek and Roman mythology are, they're all the same gods with different names, but who's to say all of these other gods don't exist and the one true God created them and then he popped them out to their dimensions, you know, Asgard and wherever. And so they do exist out there. And at some point, you know, they figured out how to make contact with us uh, puny mortals and but it's you know it gets into the the multiverse theory and that all of these different things actually exist but it all exists within the the structure of like what we know and believe as far as uh god and christianity and all of that so mm -hmm. what do you think about all that any uh uh well my opinion on uh on a lot of a lot of the uh, the other gods sort of thing um i think that humans have a a tendency to rationalize things that they don't understand um i think that the telephone game plays a strong part in um uh, shaping different cultures around the world um so you know, that's why you'll hear a lot of like similar things with so many different beliefs. They'll have like sort of a through line where they all sort of believe the you know, the same thing. <clears throat> um, and then and then that's, of course, with several different topics. Um, an easy one, of course, would be like uh, Hercules. Right. So, you, you know, sort of brought up the. The the is that is that Roman? I think Hercules was Greek. Greek. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I know a lot about the Bible, but not 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 tons about everything else. I, I should probably do some more reading. But uh, but anyway, um, the the constellation for Hercules um, is based on the biblical constellation for Jesus, and Hercules, of course, is the son of you know the powerful Almighty Zeus, and so you see these sort of parallels um, in in so many different religions, and I think that a lot of it might you know my personal and 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 and, I, and again, I can be I can be swayed with with uh, you know evidence. I suppose I don't have any biases that I'm that I'm sticking to, um, but uh, I think I think a lot of it is just people trying to explain things that they can't explain, and they hear little sound bites of truth, and they sort of piece everything together, and then you 
you know, over time you develop sort of a, you know, a new religion or a new belief or a new culture and things, you know, go around there. So I don't know a lot about North mythology. Um, you know, a little bit, you know, I've seen the Marvel movies. I know about the, uh, about the big wolf that eats the worlds and stuff. Um, Fen. Fenrir. Fenrir. Yeah. Um, it's, and, it, you know, it's kind of cool seeing him in the movie, of course, of, of course, in, in, in the Norse mythology, it, w- it would have been no contest, obviously. Um, but uh, uh, I don't know, a, a multi a multiverse thing, especially thinking about he- heaven being, a, you know, obviously, I still, even even as a different dimension, I wouldn't I wouldn't be uh, much of a supporter of, of hell. Um, I don't know how it all operates. Um there are, you know, of course, it says in the Bible that there are things that we don't know, um, but the things which have been revealed to us belong to us and to our children forever. Um, and so I just sort of chalk that up to one of those things that we don't know. So I guess the what kind of gets that theory kicking around, especially with like heaven being a, a separate dimension. And this is something that you and I talked about last time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, after the official show was that uh, nobody who has died at this point has actually gone to heaven. Like, and, and that's, you, you explained it a lot better than what I'm going to. Uh, sure. But, the, but, you know, it basically what it boils down to is that, and, it, and it's biblically stated that, uh, you know, they're asleep right now and that they will be taken to heaven at some point you know after jesus returns and and all of that Mm -hmm. and and so that that kind of at least for me uh had you heard that before yes and okay yes i that was something that i i had heard before and i'm i actually agree with you on that as well uh you want to give a little more in-depth on that because oh sure you you explained that really really well well, um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like there's there's so much to it. Okay, let me see if I can do it nice and nice and tight. Uh, so the word hell that we read in the Bible, right? What if it's in the Old Testament? It's the Hebrew word shol, and my pronunciation is garbage. So if anybody uh, has something to say about that, I already admit that it sucks. Um, but anyway, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a Hebrew word for shol, and then in the New Testament, it's a Greek word hades, right? Um, and both of them simply mean the grave just like we understand what a grave is. Um, Solomon in the Old Testament uh, wished for wisdom and got it. And so you read in Ecclesiastes um, chapter nine specifically, where he talks about dead people um, not having any thoughts, no love, no hatred, no sort of nothing. It's sort of just like a blackness, kind of like when you're asleep. You know, it's just, you don't have a sense of anything. You don't even really have a sense of time. You know, I mean, when you sleep for eight hours, does it feel like eight hours, you know, like an eight hour workday, or does it feel like five minutes, you know? So, right. so the idea that we don't really have this, this, we don't have a concept of anything when you're dead. Um, I feel like is pretty understandable to sleep, but that's how, that's how the Bible talks about it. And David, David in Psalms prays to God, don't leave my soul in hell. Um, and, you know, so, so is he describing a, a, a place of fire that you can be redeemed from? Because there's not a whole lot of talk about that. Or is he saying, don't leave me just dead? Don't leave me asleep in this sort of eternal blackness or whatever. 
which I think is what actually what hell actually is what the Bible is describing is sort of just a permanent sleeping state. Um, and anyway, um, so fast forward to the New Testament, and we have, you know, everything that's happening, that's happened before and is happening now. And then in Thessalonians, um, I think even maybe in Second Thessalonians, um, it's sort of talking about the future and it's talking about Jesus coming back and the dead in Christ shall rise first. You even have Paul saying, um, uh, uh, um, t- talking about dead people, um, I would, uh, brethren, I would not have you ignorant concerning them which are asleep that ye, um, you know, something, something like you don't have any hope. Uh, hold on, give me half a second. It's not a problem. I, I, I hate, I hate mispronouncing it, but it's, uh, um, I would not have you ignorant concern concerning them which are asleep. So it's First Thessalonians four thirteen. Um, but I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even others which have no hope, or even like them that have no hope. Um, so, because it says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. So so basically the story is that once Jesus does come back and there's the trumpet and all that stuff, um, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I even think it's in here um, in Thessalonians 4 you know, 13-ish, right around there. Uh, oh, yeah, so it's right here uh, in 16, 416, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. So if it's talking about the dead rising in Thessalonians in the future with Jesus Christ's return, then 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 they couldn't be in heaven now. Otherwise, this wouldn't make any sense. And and if this, you know, is just so blatant, and, and it's this isn't the only part that it sort of talks about it. It's compounded, you know, multiple times. But those it, those things couldn't be written if grandma was in heaven. You know, and I miss my grandmother. My dad's dead. I miss him. And he's the one that taught me all this. You know what I mean? The idea that he'd be alive and I could talk to him. Like, trust me, nobody, nobody wishes they had that connection more than me. Um, but it just, you know, it just isn't there. Um, right. So. And, and that's something that, that's something that I 100% agree with you on. But that gets to my theory of the, the uh, multiple dimensions and, so with heaven being a an alternate dimension, like a something separate from the earth, then Jesus' return is like basically opening up the doorway to that other dimension that then we're at that point, then we're allowed to cross over and go there. And or the, there could be there could be some sort of there could be some sort of global event that happens that sort of resets some sort of earthly cycle. Um, biblically, the earth that we're in now is, you know, sort of referred to as like the second earth because the first one that God made perfect with the dinosaurs and everything was destroyed. And it was destroyed between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, which is where, you know, you had the dragon or the devil. And the dragon and his angels fought against Michael and his angels and the dragon prevailed not. And, you know, and being cast to the earth, sort of, you know, you read about this in Isaiah, but it, but it, uh, it caused the ice age that killed everything. And then God, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And that word moved is the Hebrew word for brooded, like a mother hen broods or, or warms, uh, you know, when she incubates her eggs, right? So God warmed the earth up, fixing the, uh, fixing the ice age. And that's between Genesis one, one, and one, two. Um, and, uh, 
and of and of course he did that with because he is light it says in the you know bible god is light and in him there's no darkness at all and we know that what radiates off a of light is heat so so the idea that um we had an earth and it was destroyed and then god sort of fixed it and then that you know sort of what we have now that there might there might be some sort of event that happens that you know puts us through a similar cycle and then on the other side of it is is what could be paradise you know but that's that's it's the that's where my education starts to sort of drop off because I feel like once I'm in that moment, um, you know, I won't have anything really to worry about. And if it, and if it's, it's not happening now, so it doesn't benefit me a whole lot. You know, I feel like I have a ticket to the ride, so I don't have to worry about what the ride's going to be like. I'm just, you know, I just know that I'm going. So everything else is sort of moot. Um, so yeah, when it, when it comes to like revelation and everything, talking about the, the you know the last book of the bible or the end of days and the apocalypse and whatever um i don't i don't even really know a whole lot it's riddled with figures of speech um i have a book on figures of speech it's like this thick <laughs> and uh and and you know there's like 150 figures of speech in the english language up to 40 four zero variations of each it's a lot of studying to do for something that you know i'm, I'm not going to have a whole lot of control over once it happens so i usually tend to stick with the things that matter to me now Right. Even, even if you've got uh, all the PhDs in the world, it's still not going to change the fact that it, when it happens, it's going to happen. <laughs> like you don't get to pick your seat on the bus there. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and another thing too, that uh, I suppose is that one of the controversial beliefs that I have um, is that I, I, I believe there is a formula to sort of guarantee that you, you're, you have a ticket to heaven, but I, I don't think that it's the only way Um because because then there'd be a lot of really doomed people you know um especially in other countries and even heard of the book you know what's what, what's you know sort of god's plan for that um if he were a lawyer looking to stick to the letter of the law and i think that we're it's we're sort of demonstrated that god isn't a lawyer that's that's sti- that's looking to condemn people right he told adam in the day thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die well, he, you know, he did, and he didn't physically die that day, spiritually died, but he didn't physically die that day. But if he, he didn't have to come up with a plan B, you know, to have Jesus come and, and, and save everybody after Adam blew it, but he did anyway. Right. And then, and then, and then we see Jesus mirror that when the, when the Pharisees threw the woman at his feet, said the law of Moses says, you know, we caught this woman in the act of adultery in the act of adultery, the law of Moses says we should stone her. What do you say? And then he fiddles around the dirt, you know, thinking, of some sort of genius answer and then come up comes up with one and says you know he without sin cast the first stone and what's interesting too is is that word sin um in in uh, in greek meant that specific sin adultery so not just any sin but that specific one and of course all the pharisees were all guilty of that so they all left and then and then uh you know he said to the woman you know where are the people that condemn you she said well they're gone he said neither do i condemn you go and sin no more so the idea that that if you don't speak pray this specific prayer which most people pray to jesus which you're not supposed to do anyway right He's, he says that in what john john 15 16 23 don't, that you don't pray to me you pray to god um uh, uh yeah but if uh, the idea that you if you don't do the specific prayer that you're doomed <laughs> you know it's just it's just sort of laughable and it, and it flies in the face of the the overall theme of the bible which is you know which is god's love for his creation you know, and I, and I think that it's because, you know, much like the state, of course, right, the church le- learned a way to militarize and monetize uh, the, the, the word of God, 
right? And, that, and that's that's where I think that a lot of that hell stuff sort of came from, of course, with, you know, John Milton's uh, Paradise Lost and, and Dante's, and um, you know, Divine Comedy, Dante's Inferno. They got a lot of inspiration from that satirical, theatrical, you know, sort of writings and was like, man, we could scare people to death with this stuff and get them to pay us money. And we could we can make a pretty penny, you know, and if you look at all those European cathedrals, they're all beautiful. The architecture is, 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 is insane and there's a lot of value in it. And where did they get that money? You know, well, they they stole it from people. So, so yeah, that's yeah, that that, 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 hell, that hell thing. I just, you know, I. I uh, I, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm not in it. <laughs> so I do disagree with you on that. I do think that it exists, but like I said, I, I, I consider it a, an alternate realm, like a different, a different reality. And I think it, I don't think it's someplace that like, I think you and I probably agree on that. It's not someplace that like people are getting cast into. That's just the place that uh, Lucifer and his demons got sent to. Like that's, that's their eternal. Uh... Well, Lucifer's on the earth. I read about that in Job, right? When God says, "Where are you coming from?" He's like, "Oh, I've been traveling up and down the earth." And yeah, but like, does have he... you set your eyes on my man Job? Okay, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think so. With that, I think he uh, he takes a little more liberty with uh, his inner interdimensional uh, mm-hmm. traversing, like and who can blame him like would you would you uh if you had the opportunity to not stay there would you would you stay in hell like all the time and obviously Mm -hmm. the answer would be no so like he takes his liberties to spend as much time on the earth doing whatever he wants uh, because he knows it's limited right right yeah so so that's kind of where i I go with that but you did uh you did kind of with the with the fall of lucifer or the the fall of uh yeah with the fall and the kind of the reset and everything so something that my son had had asked me about was uh, if god created us in his image but we all look so much different he's like what's the what's the image exactly like what does god look like and and god doesn't look like any of us like god is a an eternal being of uh, as you said like it like he's always referred to as just this spirit spirit of and of like Mm -hmm. magnificent light and heat and like Mm -hmm. he's effectively like a an all-powerful energy being basically but Mm -hmm. so the way i described it to my son is like when you have a dream and you see yourself in your dream do you look the way you look when you go look in the mirror and he was like well no not always i was like so you know like for me whenever i dream and i picture myself in the dreams i'm a 22 year old like peak physical specimen that was you know uh playing basketball and and working out regularly and all that stuff i'm not a 37 year old dad that's uh, getting a little bit of a beer belly you know <laughs> like so our image of ourselves is not necessarily our image so when god created us in his image he created us in what he envisioned not necessarily to look like what he looks like in the mirror you got any thoughts on that sort of because that that gets into uh... sure sure i do actually um well one uh you know uh 
in that verse, I believe it's 129 or something like that. Um, Genesis 129 um, or 27, right around there. Uh, God says we, right? So, so, so created, we have created man in our image after our likeness. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, there, you know, bam, there's, you got the Trinity right there. And, and, and um, that's, of course, is the royal we just like the queen speaks and uh but that's you know i'm not answering your question but i just thought it was important to always address that anyway um we were we were made three-part beings right so body soul and spirit and so the likeness that we have with god um that he's referencing there is the spirit part um which is of course how adam was created and that's why he had that you know, sort of that perfect connection with God that was lost and that we, and that nobody is born with um, anymore, which is that spirit part. And when we um, are born again or saved or whatever people, you know, want to call it now, um, that's what we get back, right? Jesus is our mediator. He is the bridge. He is the way he's, he is the way that we get that connection to God back because now we're just body and soul. And the whole point of all the rigmarole of the of the of the Bible and, and what Jesus accomplished was to get that spirit back. So that that created in God's likeness, we are to be sort of the same material, if you will, if you want to call it that, as God, which is that spirit part. Um, so I, I, that's that's how I understand that. Cool. Rather than like a physical sort of likeness thing gotcha that's awesome i like that i don't know if you heard that but yeah no no that's that was the first <laughs> very cool well what 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 else what other what oh, other gosh. theory stuff i had it and then uh or i could just keep going yeah go for a second because I, I, it'll <laughs> come back to me no it's cool it's cool um uh do you know much about martin luther some the German, the German yeah. guy that he, so, right. So um, in the 1500s or ish, I'm pretty sure it was the 1500s when he lived in Germany. Um, he, uh, he never read the new Testament. He only had the old Testament and he was terrified of God um, because God was just this, you know, sort of judgment. And, 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 and of course um, Martin Luther as educated as he was at that time. Um, didn't really know a lot of the, 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 the language or the idioms or the vernacular of, of the Hebrews. So when he's reading these things, he doesn't necessarily understand things the way that the Hebrews do. Um, so for instance, like the Hebrew idiom of permission, where, where it says in the Bible that God did something, but it's because they were sort of forbidden from mentioning the name of other gods. So when they say that God did something, it doesn't mean that God did it. It means that he had to allow it to happen, whether that was because of a person's free will or, or whatever. Um, they always said it that way. To, to give a good example that I'm sure most people are familiar of, uh, when, when uh, in Job where it says, uh, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh, taketh away, blessed be the name of the Lord. Job is talking about two different lords there because, because, um, because of the Mosaic law, he's not allowed to say the name of another God, right? And that, and that law is in um, Exodus 23, 13. In case any any nerds want to look it up, um, so he's not allowed to, to to give responsibility for what's happening to someone else. So what he uses is he employs a figure of speech called antanaclasis, um, 
which is where you use the same word, pronounce, spelled the same, pronounced the same, but with two different meanings, right? So we know Benjamin Franklin, right? He said famously, if we do not sign in the Declaration of Independence, right? If we do not hang together, we shall surely hang separately. So that's an example of, you know, where he obviously means if we don't stick together, they will kill us. So it's the same word, spelled the same, pronounced the same with two different meanings. Um, and we know that Job was not talking about God when he said the Lord hath taken away, um, because the very next verse says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Well, if charging God or blaming God would be foolish, and that's something that Job didn't do, well, then Job wasn't talking about God when he said the Lord hath taken away. He had to have been talking about somebody else. And we know from the first verse of the first chapter of Job that he was a perfect, meaning spiritually mature, perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. So he would have been sort of educated in, you know, the, the law of Moses and, and, you know, what he can and can't get away with. And whoever wrote the book of Job, whether it was him or somebody else would have also understood that, but they needed to tell the story without breaking the, without breaking the law. And you see that sort of language repeated over and over again in the, in the Old Testament. And then, of course, once we get to the New Testament, that's when Jesus sort of exposes the inner workings of, uh, of the devil because nobody was allowed to talk about it in the Old Testament. So, so the, the idea that he's revealing it then sounds kind of late, but it only sounds late if you understand that, uh, or, or, you know, it seems that way if you think that they were allowed to talk about it this whole time, but they weren't. And so that, and, and the reason was because God wanted people to stay focused on him to make sure that, you know, the culture was preserved so that Jesus could be born and carry all of the stuff that he, that he had to do. So, um, I, I, I forgot how I got around to it. So sorry, but yeah, anyway, um, that's, that, that, that I think is a, is a, is a cool one for people to know that. God isn't this arbitrary person to give and take away from you, you know, sort of at his will. Um, that's just not the business that, that God's in. So. And so where is it? Cause it, it kind of lays it out. Gosh, I wish I was uh, a little more uh, <laughs> directly versed as you are, but it doesn't. It, so then it lay it out somewhere like uh, more or less like the list of what, uh, Satan is permitted to do like on the earth and everything. Cause like, I mean, he, he he's kind of got a, a list of rules that he more or less has to abide by. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's in necessarily one spot, but we know that he has power over the world as in, as in the, you know, the whole world. And I think that he still um, has to operate within a certain legal framework just as god does right so we know it says in three different places that god can't lie right i think it's in uh titus 1 2 says it's impossible for god to lie um in hebrews it says that it's or it says that he it said he can't lie in in titus rather and then it says it's impossible for god to lie in hebrews and then i think in numbers um in the old testament it says that god's not a man that he should lie something like that um so right so that answers the can god do anything thing right away right so god can't lie um, and then, but then we know that based on all these different things that God has to, he almost, he almost operates like a vampire. Whereas, you know, like when it comes to prayer, right, you have to give God sort of permission to, to get involved into your life. Um, otherwise, you know, you sort of can't violate that free will thing that he sort of set into motion, right? Um, we know that, you know, I'm sure he didn't want Jesus dead a second longer than was necessary. But in the Hebrew culture, you're not considered legally dead until you're buried, not just dead, but buried for three days and three nights. So God waited, 
so that Jesus's death was not just, you know, a death, but a legal death. And then I'm sure the millisecond that, you know, that the, that the, 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 the clock ticked over past the three day, three night thing, you know, he was immediately resurrected. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, so I, I'm, I'm almost certain that the devil operates in this, in the same way, right. Um, you know, having power over the world. Um, and of course, Adam had that power and relinquished it to the devil. And we know that because the devil, when he was tempting Jesus was like, I will give, you know, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you the world as it was given to me. Well, you know, well then who gave it to him? Right. And then we, and then we, you know, we sort of learned the story of what happened between Adam and him um, to, you know, to answer that question. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's specifically outlined what he can, he can't do. Um, but, uh, there are, there are moments where you can see like in Job where, where God says, you know, you can sort of do whatever you want to Job, but you can't hurt him, you know, physically. And then, and then sort of the rules change throughout Job. And then, and then of course he is repaid, I think 10 times what he ends up losing, you know, besides the, the 10 children that he had that died, <laughs> um, he gets, he gets back, um, and, 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 and of course the reason that Job lost all that stuff and his children died was because he let fear dominate his life, right? He was worried that his children had sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And he prayed about it every single day. Um, and that, and that fear being a big part of his life and him being a man of God, sort of making him a target, the devil sought to, you know, exploit that. And because, um, because of because of Job sort of blowing it, it made it to where God couldn't protect him the way that he wanted to. Right? Um, you see that in the conversation that God has with the devil in that first chapter of Job, um, where the devil says, "You've put a hedge about Job, you know, meaning almost like a garden hedge or like a bubble sort of around him, and it's difficult. It's supposed to be biblically difficult for evil to 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 to." you know, go through that bubble. And the only way that they're sort of able to is if people, you know, let them in, you know, that's, that's supposed to be, you know, the thing, but it's not perfect, obviously, because there's innocent people that are purely innocent, like little baby children um, that, uh, that have horrible stuff happen to them all the time. But, uh, you know, that's certainly not, certainly not God's will. Anyway, yeah, I know that was a that, that that was a that was a long-winded answer to is there a is there a place where the devil has rules? Um, but uh, no, I don't I don't think I don't think specifically there is. Okay, that, I and then you can clip all that out. <laughs> I, like I kind of swore there was something that like uh, specified that he had like control over the weather and some other stuff, mm-hmm. but um. Yeah, yeah, the weather. The weather's one of them. Yeah, I, I think I, they, I think they call him like the god of the wind or. Yeah, I can't remember what Something the whole like list was or anything like that. But. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I remembered what my because you had talked about uh, like people in other countries who never hear, will never read a Bible. Will never oh yeah, hear yeah. The word sure. of Christianity whatsoever, and uh, so C.S. Lewis in the in the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, I think it was the last book, uh, mm-hmm. the final battle. Like he kind of, in a a very fairy taleish way, kind of gets into that. some of his uh, the philosophy on uh, those who worship other gods, and then even like in in some ways those who don't worship anything at all, like mm-hmm. that it's all sort of, uh, for lack of a better way of putting it, 
it, it all sort of ties back to God, like God allows it all to happen. And even though it may be, be done in the name of whatever, it all ties back to in his name and then to serve his purpose. So what do you, uh, what you got any thoughts on that kind of stuff? Elaborate on that position. Well, I mean, I think that that, um, if that is a, is a held belief or if, you know, other people are believing in different gods or no gods, um, you know, just like, just like you are with your kids, right. Or I am with mine, you have to be sort of understanding that, you know, with free will and free thought, you know, there are consequences to that. And, uh, and, and that's why, you know, God has worked so hard to deliver, you know, sort of this, this uh, correct message, right? If you were to think like, what could I do for my children and my children's children and my children's children's children, that would be like the best thing. Maybe I could get like a, you know, a big, a big book of uh, information <laughs> that they could, you know, they could sort of frame their, their lives around. Um, now, as far as, um, as far as what's to happen to those people, right? It says in the Bible that God is the searcher of hearts, right? Not us, not me. So if God is going to be the searcher of hearts, I think that God has got those people taken care of. I don't know what that means. And frankly, it's not really in my business. Um, I think that as far as, you know, talking to people about stuff, um, I'm always interested in helping people out when they have questions um, or anything like that. But, uh, you know, sort of never is it is it displayed in the Bible to, you know, seek out <laughs> these people that believe radically different stuff and beat them to, you know, to death with this book. That's, that's never supposed to be the, uh, the purpose, right? I think, I think specifically it says in Ephesians to speak the truth in love. I'm almost certain it's in Ephesians, um, which is in the new Testament. So it's a message to the, the modern day church, right? It's not like the, it's not like the old Testament, which, uh, isn't necessarily applicable anymore because Jesus fulfilled the law. Um, the law of the old testament he fulfilled it so we don't we don't live under it anymore <clears throat> so it's, it's funny too a lot of people bring up stuff from the old testament like what about this how do you live your life with you know not eating shellfish or whatever um you know of course we don't live under that anymore so it doesn't it's not applicable and and oftentimes people aren't really happy with that answer because they think they got you <laughs> or whatever um so yeah i mean i i, I i don't i don't think that people believing in something else or, or another thing is uh is you know an irredeemable you know sort of sin um and i think that god you know right because you know to, just to get sort of touch back on the purpose of our existence at least at least as far as the bible displays is um is family right it's sort of it's sort of god's love for all of us even the bad ones which you know for for me it's very difficult to to think that i would ever have that sort of a thought about my enemies <laughs> or the, or the people that i don't like or or monsters like a hitler or you know or or something like that right so one of the one of the north korean leaders it's difficult difficult for me to to feel any sort of compassion for those people um but that but you know maybe that's why i'm not god you know, but that's sort of his, that's sort of his message throughout the entire thing. And that's very difficult for um, Christians to swallow or even just humans to swallow, which is why you have people like the, the Westboro Baptist Church telling, you know, homosexuals that they're going to burn. That's not because God says they're going to burn. That's because these people don't like them. 
and it's a people thing and that's you know they're of course at while they're trying to promote the bible they're doing one of the biggest disservices you know that they that they could ever do um yeah i think i think i think god's gonna get everybody sort of taken care of because that's the business that he's always been in so you know there's there's no there's no evidence or anything to suggest that anything would be different i don't know if that really answers your answers your question um but you know people that believe in different stuff i i think i think that uh even if they never agree to some church person knocking on their door that they're going to be sorted out sounds good i like it anything else you wanted to touch on i don't know i don't know there's 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 so much there's so much that can be touched on i'm excited talking about uh i i i feel like i didn't i didn't say enough about uh um i don't know different theories and stuff one thing that i that that i sort of talked about before before we started to record um that i think that you will i don't know maybe maybe be a little thought-provoking um so not everybody I interact with is super, uh, super jacked on the Bible or any of that stuff. Um, and one of the biggest reasons that they say that they're not not really into it is because of all the supernatural stuff. Have you heard that before? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and and what's funny is is the idea of being of. Uh, not really being against, but, you know, not being bought in because of the supernatural side of it is one of the most consistent um, mindsets that humanity has ever had, right? So if you think about what is supernatural or what has, what, or, or even better, what has been supernatural that isn't supernatural anymore, right? I mean, it wasn't even that long ago that they said that the top speed for for humans is going to be like 50 miles an hour. It's never going to get faster than that, you know, like a hundred years ago or whatever. And, and, and anything faster than that, of course, would be witchcraft. I mean, they burned a lot of people at the stake for, you know, practicing witchcraft, which was just a blanket statement for things that they don't understand. Um, you know, maybe some of them were practicing witchcraft, but you know, I'm, I'm sure most of them were just doing stuff that the, you know, the, the, the mob didn't approve of. Um, uh, both the rooms that both of, both of us are in are completely full of, all things witchcraft, basically. I mean, all things witchcraft. Yeah, yeah. I, I uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, so, but, but, you know, a lot of a, a lot of uh, what people have ever thought when it comes to science, people have thought was witchcraft, or I think people have thought was supernatural, and then it turns out that it wasn't supernatural. It was the natural state operating at a at a super level, or operating at a level, you know, sort of beyond our current understanding. Um, I was just listening to the Joe Rogan, Michael Malice podcast that was just done, you know, like, I don't know, like a week ago or something like that. And they were talking about DMT, big surprise coming from Joe Rogan um, and how they're, they're the people that go through these trips. I've never done it myself, but that go through these trips, you know, they go through this veil thing and they meet these other beings. They don't really know how to describe them, what to call them. Um, they, 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 they aren't things that have like a, uh, like a 3d card. They're not like a carbon based thing. They're like just something else. And they seem to know, you know, everything about them and everything about, you know, everybody they know, but it's not them. It's not like a reflection of them. It's a different sort of being, but they don't know really how to describe it. Um, operating on this, you know, on this 
this plane that uh, that is that that is that is opened up through doing you know DMT whatever it you know whatever it stands for, um, and I just thought that was really interesting because you know that almost sounds like that supernatural state that people are so you know ready to ready to call nonsense when you know you sort of hear the same thing from all these different people that have done this drug something that our body produces naturally um but but by people that have done this drug they all have signed sort of the same story and if you look at a lot of the images that people have been able to sort of recreate um you know you think about how unique people are but they have these similar experiences with these similar with these beings and you look up these accounts and i sort of did a little bit of a little bit of reading after i listened to the podcast and it turns out that a lot of people have had like very like eerily similar experiences with these other beings and and i don't know if i call them you know angels or demons or spirits or or what um but it's just funny how the, you know people are so quick to dismiss the supernatural when dismissing the supernatural is something that humanity has done since probably the beginning of time and then our idea of what is supernatural changes you know with every new technological development or every new scientific um you know thing of understanding and then now it's not supernatural anymore so what if the things that we are suggesting as you know as bible believers or whatever we're, maybe we're just ahead of the curve on some things maybe you know maybe we're not right on everything you know, I don't, I don't say that I am, but, 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 you know, it, it may be as far as like accepting that there might be something going on, right? Maybe we're going to, we're going to beat that 50 mile per hour, you know, land speed record. And it would, you know, obviously we did, <laughs> you know, but, but those concepts were, were alien to people for forever, you know? So the idea that, that we're sort of chipping away at, um, at these walls that people put up, um, that being, I don't believe in anything supernatural. Well, <laughs> you know, that doesn't make you a unique thinker. That sort of, that means to me that you've quit the game of, you know, curiosity or you've quit the game of thought. You've quit, you've quit thinking what if, you know? And I think that, uh, you know, for anybody that has a pursuit in kind of anything, you can't, you can't do that, you know? And, and, and I don't even think you can do it, um, I don't even think you can be open with everything and not be open when it comes to, you know, sort of a spiritual thing, whether that be a God or a Buddha or whatever. I think that for the people that, you know, like atheists, and I don't mean to rag on atheists, but for the people that are like, there's absolutely no way, you just kind of sound like, you know, one of the petulant children that said, there's no way we're going to beat that 50 mile an hour speed record. You know, it just sounds, you've, you've quit the game. And, and it's funny is most atheists are supposed to be these like, free thinking you know people that aren't conforming with you know society and it's it's almost one of the most conforming things you can do uh, it, it, it has largely been my experience especially with the most uh ardent militant atheists that their religious belief in disbelief is almost stronger than my belief in the things i actually believe in <laughs> right yeah you know because you know kind of like i said when, when we first started talking about this in, in this episode is is the reason i got into this is because i'm pursuing 
you know, a, a more true, a more moral, a more ethical sort of sort of idea. And I and, and when it comes to the Bible, I just feel like, you know, when you put the pieces together, you know, in a in in, in the way that is described in the book, it meets something that I otherwise can't explain. You know, there's there's a lot of scientific discoveries that are mentioned in the Bible that weren't like, you know, sort of globally recognized or even really discovered for hundreds of, you know, some of them thousands of years. You know, it talks about the earth being a sphere written well before people, you know, people believe that back when people thought the earth was flat, you know, it's talking about that or how it could be day on, on, on one part of the earth while it's night on another part of the earth at the same time, you know, talking about how we have this, this, uh, this orbital, you know, relationship with the sun. Um, there's a lot of things that are brought up that when, you know, so, so that's what I just think is like my best guess when you, when you take all these things into consideration is that maybe it's true. Maybe it's real. You know, what if, you know, and, and, and I hate, I kind of hate the, 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 the silly churchy sayings that people do, but one of the ones that I've always sort of I don't know, given more consideration than I do most of them is I'd rather believe and be wrong, you know, than, than not believe and be wrong. Or, 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 or it's, you know, I'd, I'd either believe and be proven right than not believe and be proven wrong, something like that. Um, because I have nothing to lose, right? If I die and nothing's on the other side, then so be it, you know, I, at least I'll never to live even my know life. anyway. Y'all never even know anyway, right? But at least I tried to live my life as like being a better person and spreading a message of positivity and compassion and, and, and whatnot. That's um, just, you know, so I, I think that it just, it, it opens the door for more thought, um, which, is, which is the most that we could ever really hope for as, a, as like a human, it, you know, is to be curious and explore it. So that's like my, that's like my final thought. And I think the way that you go about that, being curious and exploring, but also being very open and uh, like, like you're willing to have conversations about it and, and admit mm -hmm. that there are things that are your opinion and it's the conclusion that you've come to through what you've studied, but it could also, you know, you're still open to the possibility that you could be wrong and you're willing to be proven wrong. Like, I think that's uh, an excellent way to approach that. And that, that was kind of why, another reason why I wanted to come and do this again. And we'll, I'd like to do another one again later because I, do, I don't want my podcast to be 100% politics. That gets uh, old and boring after a while. And I do want to like, have oh, more Let's of talk about some more horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to do more of these with you because I go to church and I have a a large church family and I would like them to see these conversations and interact with me and with you on the conversations and get input and like because the more ideas and the more it gets kicked around and there'll be people that I don't go to church with people that don't go to church at all that might see this you know it's somewhere down the line and they might have questions about this stuff and and the fact that we're willing to be open and have dialogue about it and not you know be like a Westboro Baptist and browbeat people over the head with a bible that we're uh not even correctly uh representing like I think that's a good thing for a Christian biblical message yeah yeah and and, and you know I'm just looking for the best thing and 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 I and I do that 
in terms of the, you know, the philosophical things I believe in. I do that as far as like my finances or my hobbies, or I do it with everything. You know, I'm just looking for what's the, what's the new, like best stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it just seems, it seems weird to me that some, that some people would, would just be willing to sort of shut them off, shut themselves off. You know, I was talking to my mom about cryptocurrency and, and uh, I think I've got her bought in a little bit, but initially she was just like, oh, that's just a bunch of, you know, silly old nothing. That doesn't mean anything. And I was like, decentralized finance that, that, that one government or one company can't manipulate at will. Like there's something wrong with that. And, you know, like, you know, but she wasn't trying to have a, a, a rational, logical conversation. She just wanted to, to hold on to her, you know, all young kids doing young stuff is stupid. Um, and, 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 you know, so I, I, I just think that, yeah, people should, people should open themselves up because t saying that you don't believe in anything supernatural, you know, we've, history has proven that every time, not every time, but most of the time when people have said that or thought that, they were proven wrong. You know, we're never going to put a man on the moon. And I know there's a lot of, you know, theories around that. But, you know, but I believe we put a man on the moon or we're, or we're never going to get into space. Maybe, maybe that one's not not as not as uh, up for debate as much as the moon. Landing. Right. Whether somebody <laughs> actually landed on the moon or not. We made it to space. <laughs> does not diminish the fact that there is a... Inter, uh, an international space station that's floating right out there right and now. orbiting the earth right right yeah and uh and 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 i never it, it was weird of course of course i had this revelation while i was uh smoking um but uh i i never really thought about that before that it's that it's not uh that it's something that a lot of people say but it's like have you really thought that through you know, how many times, you know, in, in science have, you know, and that's why we have a scientific process, right? Because people are like, well, that can't be possible. And then there's always one person or one group of people that is like, okay, but what if it is though? What would we do if it were possible? Um, I think, I think uh, this is going to sound silly and, and, and I know we're trying to wrap up, but um, have you ever seen the core movie? Uh -huh. You know, kind of a silly movie. And they're like, you know, even if there was a way to like jumpstart the, the center of the earth, this giant ball of iron, you know, there's just no way we can get there. And then one person's like, yeah, well, what if there was? And then, and then the movie sort of, you know, takes on. And, uh, and I just think that that kind of stuff is so cool. And I think most people think that that's, that stuff is cool. But then it's like as soon as they leave the theater, as soon as they, you know, the movie is over, they forget it. They forget those lessons, you know. But what if it is? So like how, what, how would things change for you if it were? And, and, and another motivator and probably the more likely one is that people are scared of responsibility because if nothing matters, then, you, then you're, not, you're not responsible for yourself or, or, or the people around you, you know, where, but if there is meaning behind stuff, then it sort of means that you should, you know, you should get up when you're supposed to, you should do what you're supposed to, you should bless the people around you. It means that you should do something and people, people don't like that. You know, I, I get it. I think that's a, like a natural biological status to, is to figure out how to be more lazy, right? That's, that's why we build muscle because the body is constantly trying to be more lazy. Um, you know, but, but that's why we have to, you know, fight, fight those urges off, you know, so Absolutely. anyway, if we, yeah, all, a, if we all spend a little more time trying to explore those things, those maybes, then yeah. maybe we can make a lot more progress than uh, what we have. Right. Right. All right, man. Very cool. Thanks for coming on again. Hey, no problem. No problem. I, I watch these all the time. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
um, if you connect too much with your audience. But uh, but I really enjoy that you, that you do this, and and it's and it feels much more, um, not to, not to be mean or anything, but because the production is a little less, it feels more real. It feels like I'm ta- like I'm listening to like a real person. Whereas a lot of times you, know, you listen to these overly produced things and it just sounds like they're trying to do like radio zingers. Nobody's really talking about real stuff. And so I just, I appreciate it. And I'm really glad to be a part of it. Oh, I'm glad at least somebody gets something out of it. <laughs> and with that being said, anybody who happens to listen to this, please engage with us, you know, throw some stuff at us, questions you have about some of the theories that we threw out or uh, your own theories as well. Like I'd like to, I'd like for the episodes to be more than just me talking or me talking to somebody else. Like I, I definitely want interaction and I, I do get, I do get a little bit of interaction, not, not a whole lot, but hopefully, hopefully if nothing else, these serve to uh, kind of give people some different perspectives on stuff, especially like I, I mostly do it for like the people who I'm friends with, because I know a lot of them probably aren't going to go look for some of those alternate ideas that maybe you and I see all the time and so I want to present that stuff because you know if they're my friend there's a better chance that they might listen to me talk about it than they will listen to like a Dave Smith or you know somebody like that so Mm -hmm. that's why I try to do this kind of stuff is hopefully just to get people to think about something different and maybe start to explore some of those alternate ideas or if nothing else just stick around and listen to me talk about them once in a while Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for coming on and for everybody listening. Thanks for listening. And I'll be back next week.